show today we're going to talk pan fishing in the alexandria area and the bayou we check in with chad peterson and nick sakala talks walleye fishing primarily on malax and leech it's all coming up on fishing paul bunyan country Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We're headed over to the Alexandria area to check in with Chad Peterson of HSM Outdoors, a new guy to the show. Chad, thanks for joining up. Good to, good to have you on today. Thank you. Appreciate having me on. So since you're new to, uh, to a lot of our listeners, uh, why don't you just give us a little rundown of how you found yourself in uh, the Alexandria area and in the fishing business. Moved to Alexandria about 16 years ago from the cities. Kind of wanted to get away from the rat nest down there, um, and then uh, started to, to do a lot more fishing in the Alexandria area, particular panfish, sunfish, uh, crappies, and uh, really it started my uh, venture down the, the the fishing industry in that uh, in that realm, using varieties of different types of tackle rods, and just meeting other people in the area on what what works for them, and because again when you when you don't you move from the cities up to here, you really don't know what lakes are producing what, but had a lot of good people telling me uh, where the where certain fish were, and and then from there I just started to develop my own style. So HSM Outdoors, uh, tell us about that and and what uh, HSM Outdoors does. Um, HSM Outdoors, I started about uh, four years ago, and uh, basically I, I do a lot of vid- videography, photography um, for certain. Uh, uh, fishing companies like St. Croix. Uh, I did some uh, Northland tackle videos. It was called the uh, the Northland uh, Fisherman. Mm-hmm. Did a series of about fifty videos of there. Um, so I do a you know a lot of a lot of videography and photography for those types of companies. So just trying to be versed in uh, almost everything that you know. If anybody wants a certain project done, I can do it. So you uh, you left the Twin Cities about 16 years ago, as you noted. Uh, a lot of places have a lot of lakes. Bemidji area where I live, Brainerd Lakes area, up further north uh, in the in the Arrowhead, and uh, Alec, of course, has plenty of good lakes too. But what uh, what was it about the Alec area that drew you? Well, it's, it was kind of a funny story because I mean, when we were in the cities, I mean, we we would uh, vacation on Osakas, and we go there, and you know, my wife was originally from the cities and you know she, she doesn't like a lot of change or anything like that but um when i when i had an opportunity to come up to alexandria to work at my regular job um it wasn't really hard for her to say no she said yeah let's do it and uh, and that's and that's how it went i mean I, I was actually surprised but also thankful that she said it because uh a great place to to you know to, to not only live but you know to to have a family and, and raise your kids there too Absolutely. I mean, uh, just uh, like so many of these towns I mentioned before, uh, just some, some great opportunities outdoors, some great fishing opportunities. 
um, and and uh, certainly a lot of them there. Describe for us, for those who aren't real familiar with the Alec area, uh, what are some of the key lakes there, and, and how many lakes do we have to choose from over there? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I've been there for 16 years, and I don't think I've fished them all. Um, <laughs> I, I want to say there's probably, if I had to count on my hand, probably maybe 45, 50 different lakes, and... You know, I try every year to try a new lake just to try it, get the lay of the land of it. And, uh, but, you know, some of the lakes that, that are probably the most popular are, of course, Osakis, uh, Reno, Minnewaska, you know, the chain of lakes. So, I mean, you know, and of course there's all kinds of little small, uh, lakes that, that, that I like to particular, uh, target just because I don't like a lot of traffic. I like to kind of just go do my thing and, and study the lake and not have a lot of jet skis and running boats going by you, you know, while you're trying to fish. So You're into panfish. What is it you like about panfish? Uh, it's the challenge. Um, I think, let's say maybe 15, 16 years ago, you probably didn't have a lot of people targeting uh, panfish, you know, um, particularly new people, because they probably didn't really understand patterns or, you know, what they do, you know, because... Like let's give let's give an example crappies. I mean everybody fishes them in the springtime. Everybody knows where to get them, but then as soon as that spawn is over, pretty much everybody kind of just leaves them alone. And quite honestly, that's kind of when the best fishing is, is because they don't move very far from where they spawn. And you know, in some of the teachings that I've given to people, I said, look, if, if they're right here, just go look, uh, you know, in nine to ten feet of water, and that's and guess what? They'll be there. And a lot of people go, I guess I never thought that. They always think that they're always, you know, going into the deep water, the basins and all that. And I said, well, you have basin fish, but you also have a lot of weed fish. And that's where I really like to um, spend a lot of my time is uh, I'll spend probably 90% of my time in 8 to 10 feet of water. And, you know, the challenge is getting them out of the weeds because they're not going to go very far from the food source. So... What is the uh, biggest challenge to most people when they're fishing panfish? Patience. <laughs> well, that's every, that's every fish, man. That's every fish. <laughs> no, it's it's true. I mean, uh, if you said for me, if I was in a uh, a boat with walleye guys, they'd be telling me the same thing. Chad, you got to have patience. You got to do this. You got to do that. I'm like, okay, you know, and and I listen to them because they they bring a lot of value to the table. Same thing with panfish. Um, let's say, for example, if I'm fishing a weed flat, and let's say it's 50 to 100 yards, I may catch one or two fish. All right, well, they're probably not migrated in this area. So you go and you try another stretch, and then all of a sudden, boom, you catch 100 of them. And the challenge that that people face is that these fish migrate to different flats and different areas, and, it, and, and I always think it's always related to, to um, where they spawn and then also where the food source is. You find the food source, and that's pretty much where they're going to be setting up uh, for probably most of the summer until, you know, we get into the fall, and then that's kind of when they start moving out. And so the challenge, again, is patience, but then also trying to outthink them a little bit because these fish, you know, I mean, they just when you think they might not be there they're going to be there if we were out fishing for, for panfish right now where should we be looking i tell people start in eight to, to ten feet of water and the best way to do it and, and i've i've 
really kind of uh, taught this to a lot of people. Um, start trolling. Start, uh, troll, troll like little uh, little crankbaits along those ed- edges of the weed lines. And if you start getting hits, then that's probably where you can probably go ahead and use a slip bobber or you can pitch into the weeds and, and reel back. Um, but then, you you know, you, you really kind of... You do the work, but then all of a sudden, you know, you put waypoints on and say, okay, this is where the fish are. And every time, you know, let's say if I bring somebody out and they want to catch crappies, I know exactly where to go. I know exactly what technique to use, making it as simple as possible to get uh, them confident on how to how to catch them. And then from there, I say, now you can carry this on any lake, and this is what you want to do. And now you're seeing a lot of people, I mean, a lot more people getting into panfish and bigger crappies and stuff like that because now they're understanding how, how to target them. Of all the panfish, uh, which one's your favorite to go after? <laughs> I've always been a crappie guy. I mean, I, I lived in Louisiana for uh, basically 15 years, um, and, I, and I grew up fishing swamps, uh, channels, all that stuff back uh, down there, and the gentleman that I that I learned under, <laughs> he, uh, you know, he was hard on me, but um, taught me an awful lot of things to, to look for, um, things that I tell, teach people all the time, and um, you know, the only thing is that's really different between Louisiana and, and Minnesota is the structure. I mean, you had a lot of lay, low, uh, low-laying uh, timber, stumps, wheat, you know, all that stuff, whereas here it's more, the structure is more weeds. So I had to adapt um, to that type of fishing style compared to down there. Um, but the other thing that's different is down there there's no limit to crappies. You could catch 150 crappies and you can keep them all. Up here, you know, they got a limit. So up ten. Not saying that I tell people to go and go down south and keep all you know they're fishing down there to, to keep them all, but um, they just grow faster and, and, and they're more abundant down there. All things being equal, what's your go-to presentation? I'd have to say my go-to presentation is going to be the the number three or the three and a half Selma Hornet because that really helps me. Um, target and hone in where those crappies are and the nice thing is that when you're trolling you not only catch crappies but i mean you catch everything but you can really pinpoint everything and that's my go-to bait right now take a look at the alexandria area so far this season how has the overall season been Uh, phenomenal very very good um you know you can take your kids out anchor up on a on a you know shallow flat or you know where the weeds are and bobber fishing those kids would have a blast uh, catching some fishing crappies right now um, you know we got probably about another two to three weeks where they're just going to be feeding really well and uh, and then then they kind of slow down a little bit but they're still there what about other species what have you heard from the guys who are out chasing bass and walleyes this year I, I listen to a lot of guys uh, the smallmouth uh, population in the Alexandria is phenomenal. Uh, I was out pan fishing the was about two weeks ago, and I could see the smallmouth right on the beds. And uh, the bass guys just love them. I mean, largemouth are always going to be there, but uh, I think the big thing now is everybody's really trying to uh, 
you know, find the, the smallmouth because, I mean, it seems like that's an explosion, especially on Minnewaska, Grant Lake, some of these clear lakes where you can see the, them on the beds and stuff like that. There's some, uh, and then the walleyes, of course, you know, if you, right now it's it's probably lead core time. I mean, they're they're in that 17 to 20 feet of water right now. So walleyes are always going good, especially on Miltona, like Reno, Minnewaska, um, even on on uh, on Osakis, But on Osakis is a different different uh, lake in itself. Um, those walleyes will be in that uh, you know seven to fifteen feet, uh, right next to the bulrushes and uh, right uh, shallow, right into the, uh, the 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 mud flats that are on uh, I think that two or three miles. I've done that with uh, crappie fishing where I go out crappie fishing and I catch walleyes all day. Yeah, these things tend to happen sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's like the walleye guy catching the muskie, and the muskie guy can't catch a muskie. It's frustrating. I think when you're a fisherman, you really don't really care what you catch as long as you're catching something. Like I said, there's particular lakes that I go to that I'm, I'm you know, privy to. to. Reno is a good one. I control that lake up in the shallows, and I'll catch crappies all day. So people control that lake as well. Um, I'm, I know better than to ask a crappie angler about his uh, favorite secret spot. That would be a really dumb question to ask. But um, <laughs> so, so, except for you know, with the exception of your super secret uh, five-acre lake spots that uh, you're not going to tell anybody about, what are some really good lakes in in the Alec area to go catch crappies and, and other panfish? Well, I mean, uh, Geneva is a good one. Um, there's a lot of structure find the weeds, um, and, and you're definitely going to catch crappies and bluegills. Um, the other one, again, is Reno. Um, these are lakes that I fish, and, you know, people see me out there. I mean, it's no secret. Um, you know, do I travel outside of the uh, Alexandria area? I do on occasion. Um, the other good one is uh, Irene. Irene's a really good one for, for uh, bluegills, and that could, you could be... 12 to 15 feet of water and fish them right on the bottom with a, you know, either a small plastic or, a, you know, a chunk of worm or a night crawler and, and you'll catch them all day. All day is a key word there. I mean, when we're going for, uh, you know, walleyes, that tends to be, uh, you know, early morning, late evening, and particularly on real clear water lakes. Uh, what about um, panfish? I mean, is that an all day bite all the time? It, it can be. Um, if you understand, it's kind of like, uh, if you, let's use walleye terminology you know walleyes come in in the uh, morning and evening to feed and then they just kind of slide back out well panfish kind of do the same thing um it's just a matter of okay if i'm at two o'clock let's say right now okay i know they're going to probably be in that 12 to 15 feet of water um but as we get into five six seven o'clock you know what they're going to come in they're going to feed so i'd move up into eight to ten feet of water um it's just understanding the migration of the fish on what they'll do uh, at any particular day. And, and when I say that, I target the bigger fish. So the thing is that you can sit in eight feet of water and catch fish all day, and you'll catch a couple big ones. But if you're going to be targeting those types of fish, you're going to want to try to, you know, like in the middle of the day, slide out a little deeper, and they'll be there. Chad, for those of us who aren't familiar with it, tell us a little bit about HSM Outdoors and how we can find out more about it. Well, I have a uh, website. It's uh, hsmoutdoors.com, and we uh, we do a lot of articles and, and things like that um, that tell people, you know, what we've done, um, not only here in Alexandria, but let's say out in 
uh, South Dakota, uh, North Dakota, Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, we, like I said, our videos are on there. Our photography is on there. Um, you know, we do hunting stuff too. Um, we have a couple guys that we, we go film every once in a while. So, um, like I said, we, we've done a lot of different promotional type, uh, product demo, uh, videos, like the Easy Deucer, uh, Vexlar, uh, Blackfish, um, FXR Outdoors. I mean, just pretty much everything is on the table when it comes to, to filming, so. Later on in the show, we'll check back in with Chad and talk bayou fishing, because that's where he hails from originally. Up next, though, a little closer to home, we're going to talk Leech and Malax primarily. Nick Sicala of iCrazy Guide Service is next. This is Fishing Paul Bunyan Country. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Well, it's been a while since we had him on the air, but it's about time we did get him back. Uh, Nick Sakala, I Crazy Guide Service. Hey, thanks for joining us, Nick. You bet. Good to be back on the show, Kevin. So, Nick, uh, for those who uh, don't remember, and I'm kind of one of them, I don't have a great memory, uh, I do know you, you fish a lot of the northern waters, but uh, how did you find your way uh, into the guiding business? Um, back in, in, in college, I actually ventured out to uh, South Dakota and Guided on Lake Oahe in the summers uh, when I was out of Bemidji State was uh, out of session for the summer, and I uh, dabbled out there and got my feet wet in guiding at uh, Oahe Wings and Walleyes on the Missouri River. And uh, from there, I uh, after college, I came back home and I I just kind of fell in love with it, and it's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So that's what I'm doing now. So what did you go to college for? I got my business and uh, marketing degree from Bemidji State. That applies to any business you want to run, then, so kind of fits. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> well, Nick, uh, where are you from originally? Originally, I was uh, born and raised in Cottage Grove. Um, now I'm in uh, Emily, Minnesota. Okay, where exactly is Emily, Minnesota? Emily, Minnesota is uh, located about 20 minutes north Crosby. Um, Right on Highway 6. Okay, okay. And in addition to your guide service, you, 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 run, a, you run a bar and a grill, too. Yep, yeah. My uh, I'm in partnership with my uh, dad in a bar and restaurant, Cross Pub and Grub in Crosby. And uh, things have been really going well here after the COVID shutdown and all that. But everything's uh, up and running, and people are supporting us well. Excellent. So what's your specialty? What, what, are, you, what are you good at on the grill? I uh, I'm not there most uh, <laughs> most of the time. Uh, I'm usually on the water, but uh, my wife is uh, she kind of manages it and runs it the front of the house, and my dad is the the guy on the grill. But yeah, if I'm going there to eat, I uh, we have some really good pastas. Um, otherwise, can't really beat a good burger for me. You, you can't. No, you really can't. Well, um, it's interesting to, to hear about the stories of how people get into guiding. I, I found it interesting that you, a uh, Minnesota guy who actually uh, went to Bemidji State, where there's plenty of lakes, ventured out to South Dakota to get your first guiding experience. A lot of people don't realize how good those waters are over there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's completely different than it is around here. You know, the Missouri River is it's huge. It's, uh, I forget exactly how long it is, but it's over 100 miles long. And there's not a house on it. Um, 
it's totally open. You know, you see deer, buffalo, antelope. It's it's just beautiful rolling hills and and the the amount of pressure out there is nothing like we see in Minnesota. The fishing is just excellent. Well, I know that you and uh, Will were in a, in a tournament. It looks like last week. I think I saw a post on Facebook about that. Uh, where was it? How how'd you guys do? Uh, we were on the tournament on Malax Lake, um, kind of my home guide uh, lake, and uh, we did well. It was actually three different tournaments that were lined up. There was a, a big cluster of tournaments on the lake over the last week here, but <laughs> in. Uh, <clears throat> And I fished two of them. We'll fish three. Um, we got uh, we didn't do too well in the first one. Uh, we were partnered up with some our partners. Um, we ended up winning that. It was called Quest for the Best, um, put on through AIM. They ended up winning that tournament. So we kind of pulled off the spot and, and let them have that after they had a great first day. Um, then Will took fifth on Saturday, and we took third uh, yesterday on Lake Morax. Okay. Well, where have you been doing the bulk of your fishing so far this year? I've been on Leech Lake a lot this year, um, as, long as, or as well as Mille Lacs. What are you finding? Uh, I've heard a lot of good reports about Mille Lacs so far this year. Are you seeing good action out there? Yeah, fishing is absolutely tremendous. What's working out there right now? You know, the, the beauty about Mille Lacs is the fishing is so good, and it, it, it's funny to say, people say, yeah, right, but you can literally go out there and catch them any way you want. It's a great lake to go and master your craft, if you will. Um, if you want to get better at rigging, you can go catch them rigging. If you want to get better at jigging, you can go catch them jigging, trolling. Um, literally, any way you want to catch them on that lake, you can. Um, I mean, you, there's fish in five feet of water out there, and there's fish in 35 feet of water. So um, it's a great lake to go and just get better at fishing. You know, it's. Uh, it, I think a lot of people don't realize just because of the restrictions on there due to the treaties, but they think because of the restrictions, it's because there's no fish in the, that lake. That's not the case at all. There's a ton of fish in that lake. That's, that's not the case. That could be the furthest from the truth. But uh, one thing I like to say to people when they say, why would you fish that lake if you uh, can't keep any fish? And I love to say to them, you go golfing, but you don't eat the golf ball. So people just love to go out and enjoy their time on the water and, uh, you know, have a fish on the other end of that line. It's a great place to go. Absolutely. And you know what? Not only do I not eat the golf ball, I often lose the golf ball. So there you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, how about Leach? How's Leach been this year? I just got off the water there. It was a tremendous day. We had a four-man limit in the boat by 11 o'clock it wow. was uh, it was really great fishing um granted we did have good wind today and that's a, a big help on leech lake but um the fish are really starting to move around they uh you know typically in the summer or the early spring they're real up shallow it's a jig and shiner bite there's no secret there and uh they're starting to transition out of them secondary break lines out into the humps of the lake um Today, I particularly found them on the edges of rocks. Uh, I thought maybe they'd be starting to eat some molting crayfish, but uh, none of the fish I had cleaned had any crayfish in their in their bellies yet, all minnows and bugs, of course. It was the first big, real big, big mayfly hatch I've seen um, yet this year. A lot of fish fly hatches, I like to call them, the smaller, kind of natty and, and moth-looking 
type of bugs, but this was a full-on mayfly hatch, you know, maps of them all over the lake. So that can make fishing tough, but there's always uh, ways to trick them out to uh, get them to bite. What kind of presentation were you guys using on leech today? Uh, today they really wanted leeches. Um, typically when once they start having bug hatches and stuff, I pretty much strictly go to leeches and crawlers. Have you been fishing for anything else, or are you mainly a walleye guy? Uh, mainly a walleye guy. Uh, Malax Lake, I do take a, a lot of smallmouth trips out. Those have been been going really, really well, actually, lately, uh, along, along the lines of um, talking about bug hatches. Uh, it's a great time to start catching them on top water. Those fish are starting to look up at the bugs on the surface and eating them. That's my favorite bite of the year. It's the, you know, the only time of the year I drop my clients off and i gotta go back for a few more casts because i just love watching them smallmouth blow up on them top waters i think most bass anglers would tell you top water is it's really why they got into it yep yep great conversation to have with you is as a guy that's on malax a lot and has seen um that water really clear up due to some zebra mussels um we're starting to get to see more and more of them on bemidji what can we expect in the next several years you know, it seems like every lake kind of reacts to zebra mussels a little differently. Um, Lax is clear, but it's not super clear. Like your cast or leech has been getting so clear, and you hear about that. Um, Gull Lake, all these lakes in our area that, that have the zebra mussels. As far as what you can expect is I would expect the water to, yes, clean up a little bit. Um I think overall Bemidji is a little bit more of a darker water lake, and I don't I don't ever see it getting as clear as either of those. But um, for sure, you're going to see fish, you know, relating to weeds a little bit more if, as the water gets clear, just because they're using that for shade during the day to get out of that sunlight with the clearer water. Um, you might see wind be a bigger factor where windy days you're going to catch a lot more fish than you are on the calm days. Um that those are some things you can expect um but like i said i don't foresee it being a huge change for bemidji um just because it is kind of a darker water lake it's not real dark but it's kind of a murkier lake yeah and then you also get uh in august you get if they're, they're famous for a uh an algae bloom uh late july yeah, into yeah. august which really which really helps them continue to be able to catch walleyes in what is typically been the dog days exactly yep uh, that should that should help because that'll that'll I hope that'll keep happening regardless. Um, anyway, um, it's it's interesting to hear the different stories from different people on different lakes. That's for sure. But like you noted, uh, it certainly hasn't slowed down Malax any. I think for for most anglers, it tends to be they need to make adjustments because the fish are still there. It's just they're in a different spot now. For sure, the, the fish are still there and they're still eating. They just uh, need to make a few adjustments to to stay on them. Well, as we uh, move forward here towards the end of the month and into July, what are you anticipating is going to change as far as the bite goes or what typically changes? Every year is different, of course. but uh, I'm anticipating the, the fish are kind of getting set up in their summer patterns right now. Um, what you're seeing now I think is going to hold true through July. Um, you might start playing into a little bit more uh, of an open water trolling, a basin bite if you will, um, where those fish totally pull off of all structure and they're just roaming around the basins, um, eating bugs, eating minnows, 
stuff like that. Uh, we're not quite seeing that yet. Um, that's about the only thing I'm going to think that's going to change much. Um, you know, you're still going to be looking at them offshore humps, um, some of that deeper brake lines and those kind of things. Of course, over on Leech, one of the things that's going to kick in, if it hasn't already, is the uh, that night trolling bite on Walker Bay. I think that kind of goes all year. Those fish are, <laughs> are there all year, and they, they don't leave those weeds really much. So I think that's something that people can partake in year-round. It, it's definitely an evening thing into, into the dark. Well, Nick, uh, sounds like you're mainly a walleye guy and you like doing bass, but those are your two biggies? Yes, they are. For those who do want to, you know, maybe come over and vacation and try out Mille Lacs, maybe haven't before, besides those, what else will you find on that lake? You know, Mille Lacs is one of them lakes that it really doesn't have many largemouth, which is totally weird. It seems like every lake in the state is just packed with largemouth, packed with northern sunfish, bluegills, um, crappies, all those things. Mille Lacs is really a, a big walleye and bass lake. You know, if you get a bite, it's 99% of the time going to be one of those two things. But th- with that being said, there's so many lakes around the area where you can chase those uh, different species that are great options for those species. Well, Dick, if people want to try uh, any of the lakes that you guide, how do they get a hold of you and get something set up? You can check out our Facebook page at iCrazy Guide Service and shoot us a message on there. Otherwise, my telephone number is 651-399-3179 or stop in at uh, Northwoods Bait and Tackle and talk to Will Pappenfuss over there. He'll uh, get, us, get you hooked up with a trip. If we need a good burger, where do we find Crofts Pub and Grub? That's in Crosby, right in, uh, right downtown. Easy enough. And Nick Cicala from iCrazy Guide Service, uh, talking to Lax and Leach primarily today. Nick, great having you on the show. It's been a while. Uh, thanks for taking the time today. You bet. Thanks, Joe. You're listening to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. We check back in with Chad Peterson and go back to the bayou. We ask him, where do you prefer to catch those crappies? In Louisiana? or in the lakes of Minnesota. You told us how you made your way from the Twin Cities up to Alec. How in the world did you get from the bayou to the Twin Cities? Well, it's funny because my dad was a Navy guy, and he was stationed out of uh, Hawaii. Now, I was born in North Dakota, (laughs) so when my dad got a job in Louisiana, we moved down there uh, when I was four and so we spent most of my childhood and teenage down there and then of course when he left that job to come to the twin cities um then we moved up here and was it 87 the year that the twins won the world series and uh that was exciting yeah um but so i've been kind of you know i'll tell you moving from a hot state like that to a, cl- uh, a climate that we have up here, I, I didn't take too well over the first maybe two or three years because I, I didn't know how to cope with the the sub-zero degrees. So it took me a little time, but it was worth it because now I love it up here. Well, I'm still not great at the sub-zero, but I, you know, uh, most of the year I am pretty happy to be here. That's a fact. <laughs> well, well it, it, it's great when you... When you have the love of fishing, you know, you can just kind of carry on uh, from summer to fall and then go jump right into ice fishing. And, and like I said, I, I fish all season and follow these fish from when they're up in the shallows in the, in the you know, late ice and when they spawn. And 
So it's just a, it's a constant challenge to, to on top of these fish, just like anybody else whenever you're fishing walleyes. I mean, everybody's on board with fishing them early, how to fish them late, how to get them, understanding the species that you're trying to fish for. Taking the weather factor out of it, uh, where do you prefer to fish? Do you prefer the, the waters down in the bayou or do you prefer up here? If I had to pick today, I would pick down there, uh, down in Louisiana any day. Really? I would. Um, I mean, just uh, just was it two weeks ago when we had that 95 degree weather? Mm-hmm. I was out fishing in it. <laughs> and people go, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, well, how'd you like 95 degree weather with 100 degree or 100 uh, percent uh, humidity? <laughs> That's worse than what you're dealing with here. So, but I would prefer heat over cold any day. <laughs> is the fishing better down there? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. How so? You know, the guy that I learned from, you know, you have one spawn up here, and that's normally in the spring. Down there, you might have up to two or three spawns, so now you have that much more uh, fish that will produce. And, and, you know, again, when you can catch three, four hundred of them in a day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that by far, I mean, Believe it or not, I could never get tired of catching 400 crappies a day. <laughs> I mean, it's just fun. But my patience is that, you know, now it's like, okay, now I have to kind of hone in and find those fish. And then, you know, for me, a 30 to 40, uh, 40 fish day is pretty normal. And that's all, you know, I fish about four or five hours a day, you know, on the weekends and sometimes during the week. But um, but I'd, I'd pick that, I'd pick down there any day. Do you ever get to go back down and, and do a little fishing? We we plan on doing something because my wife wanted to kind of you know get down there and see what uh, what it was all about. And then of course my son, he uh, he likes spicy food, so uh, that that's right up his alley. So food is phenomenal down there. Yes, <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> I mean, it's you know like I said, you know, not where you know the the funny thing is again we were right next to the Gulf of Mexico called the Vermilion Bay, which is the mouth of the the Gulf and. We would go ahead and uh, just anchor up there and uh, chuck our own uh, oysters and get our own crabs and all that, bring them home and, you know, fry them up and eat them all like that. I mean, that's a good living, just doing that kind of stuff. It's fun. So if if, uh, some of us went down to try a little uh, crappie fishing down in Louisiana, where are some of the best places we should go and uh, and where, where do we find good guides down there? Well, since I haven't lived down there for a long time, but I can tell you one of the lakes that I would definitely highly recommend would be Henderson Swamp. Okay. And it's a stretch. Uh, it's a it's a lake slash swamp with a lot of channels. And you would have to, you know, when you left uh, Louisiana or Lafayette, you have to go on the interstate. And the interstate from there to Baton Rouge is a two-way uh, interstate. When you go over that, you're basically going over Henderson. You go anywhere in there, you'll catch fish. That's that's the best. And then they have uh, another lake. It's called Miller. Um, and then, of course, you know we would always fish the uh, the Vermilion Bay in the uh, fall and probably October, November for speckled trout and redfish. You know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I mean that. that that's just really fun. I mean, it's just real fun. <laughs> we 
called on Chad Peterson to hear some talk about fishing south of us. I was thinking Alec, but we went all the way down to the bayou, so we, we covered a lot of things today, Chad. <laughs> it wasn't really like I really wanted to, to, to move back up here, but, you know, when you're when you're kind of, your hand is forced a little bit, you know, you're like, okay, well, you got to make the best of it, and and I have, and, and I, you know, I wouldn't, uh, I probably wouldn't change anything. You know, I love Alexandria. It's a great place to live, and the fishing is great because, again, I'm probably five, to 10 minutes to any lake that I want to go fish. That's the nice thing about it. Absolutely. You know, whether you're talking Bemidji, Brainerd, Alec, any number of spots in Minnesota, you have that option. Uh, we are quite spoiled, really, when you when we get right down to it. And, and we are. I mean, you know, the one thing, if I have to say anything, I, I, what I normally tell people, is it's a great resource. And I, I'm a big uh, believer in respecting the resource, meaning that, just fish it. Don't you don't always have to keep a limit of fish, or you know you, you don't always have to you know uh, abuse it. You know, like I'll if I see any kind of trash or any type of you know things in the water and stuff like that, I'm always picking up after my you know you know other people. I just keep telling people just leave it the way you found it. And all right, Chad Peterson from HSM Outdoors joining us again. Again, what's the website, Chad? HSMOutdoors.com. Easy enough. HSMOutdoors.com. I might have been able to predict that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chad, thanks for taking the time today, talking Alec uh, fishing and, and a bunch of other stuff, too. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. And have a great day. All right. You have a great one. Thank you for having me. Coming up tomorrow, Brady Loudon from Visit Bemidji. He talks about the importance of fishing to the tourism scene in the Bemidji area. He's been guiding on Lake Bemidji a lot. He'll get us caught up with the hot bites. And he previews a big fishing event coming up in the Bemidji area later this summer. Also tomorrow, the Lake of the Week. And Friday, we check in with Dusty Minky and out of the Brainerd Lakes area, Garrett Haglin. And once again, a friendly reminder to subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app. There's going to be a lot of bonus stuff posted this week on the podcast that will not be available on the radio shows. That's it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Now we go fishing Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring. After two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability, Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division-favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.